Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome along once again to the uh, Korean FC podcast uh, as we hurtle headlong towards the, the end of the season. Um, we're not sure at this stage where the season or how the season's going to end. We've, we've obviously got one eye on the playoffs, but with the uncertainty surrounding Glen Torrens' appeal regarding the Irish Cup, uh, there would be some doubt as to where the playoffs and when the playoffs will take place. I mean, I'm joined once again by my good friend, Jonathan McNabb. Johnny, perhaps you could fill us in a little bit more on what might or might not happen towards the end of the season. To be honest, Damien, you probably know as much as I do. Um, regarding Very little, the, by the way. <laughs> regarding the, the playoff and the Irish Cup, whatever. But look, it can only sing that it rumbles on and rumbles on and rumbles on. And, to be honest, it does nobody a favour from the Barley Glens. You know, it's you know, it's it's no use to aid anybody this. And you know, to be honest, they should be able to just take their medicine and you know they realise that they played an eligible player. Like you can't do that, the rules are, are there and and yeah, just let the, the teams, you know, let Crusaders get and obviously they're in the final and let one of Almina and Uri try and try try and join them and then the rest of the league obviously get their Europa League and the final playoff um game. So yeah, it's gonna be Better to see what happens, obviously. Um, be, be plenty of money involved, I'm sure, and plenty of debate and stuff. But again, uh, as I mentioned this with, with Jared Lawler, and he was on the show in allegedly rule or email, I can never say that word right, but eligibility rules, um, and in terms of teams getting dot points and, and chugging out the cups there and else, it's just not a great look for the league. Um, it nearly happens in every competition to have the league cup and the Irish cup and as well. So it's just not, it's just not a great look, and, and hopefully we can we can eradicate that. Yeah, it is unfortunate, and it's it's obviously problematic for teams trying to prepare. I mean, take Korean for example. There's a word trying to prepare a team, but at this minute in time, isn't sure when these games will take place, and he's trying to get his squad fit and healthy for for the the playoffs. But listen, that that's down the line, and I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But for the moment. We'll concentrate on, on 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 more immediate matters. And this week, as it happens, um, is Easter week, Holy Week, um, and it's perhaps maybe by coincidence or, or maybe not. But our special guest this afternoon and this week's podcast is none other than Korean FC chaplain, Reverend Robert McMullen. And Robert, I appreciate that this week is arguably one of your busiest weeks in, 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 in your role and your job. Uh, so I have to say, first of all, we're delighted to have you on and, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Damien. And hello, Johnny. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned there Easter, this being Easter week, and traditionally Easter is one of the big festivals in the, in the Christian calendar. But I guess this is going to be a busy week for you, isn't it? Away from the football, but just in your in your day job as as minister. Uh, yeah, yeah. Although uh, we Presbyterians tend to be a bit more sensible and only just have a service on the Friday night rather than one every night of the week. So, um, so it's been a wee bit easier. But I suppose because of my present circumstances and what's going to happen in the next week or two, it's a lot busier because I've been trying to catch up with a lot more people uh, as well but uh, certainly preparing for uh, for Friday night um, is always a big event uh, certainly in, in our church and then and then Sunday morning uh, as well so yeah yeah I, I'm sitting here in my study uh, which has been basically my second home 
for the last uh, few days trying to get everything out in time. So, yeah. Very good. And uh, you're obviously a minister at uh, a New Row Presbyterian Church. But as I mentioned as well, you're also the club Korean FC chaplain. And I mean, can I ask you, Robert, I mean, how long have you been a chaplain at the showgrounds? I think uh, this is completing 16 seasons. Um, I can't remember exactly, but I think this is uh, I had a rough count one day. So um, I think I, I, I go back to those sort of dark days when we of those summer months when we didn't know if we were going to start back in September uh, again with a team at all. Um, and out of that came a new board uh, that um, that Hugh Wade was chairing and a number of other guys like John Mayers and all. And uh, uh, there wasn't a chaplain at that particular stage. And I knew uh, quite a number of the board members. And uh, so uh, they invited me to, to, to come on board to, to be part of the team. And, and was that your first experience then, that that time that Korean FC almost went out of business? I mean, that, that was your introduction to the club. I mean, you must have thought... At that stage, probably, what have I got myself into here? <laughs> well, we we came here in uh, April 1999. Uh, we moved here. Um, uh, ironically, uh, I was installed on the 30th of April, so the season had basically finished. Um, but from um, August 1999, uh, we were there with uh, our boys, and uh, we... I've been going ever since. So all through those sort of years, um, through the, the 2003 final, which I didn't go, couldn't get to because I had to conduct a wedding, maybe get to that at another time later on in, in, in their conversation. Uh, but no, from day one, from day one, um, in, in the same way that before we came to live here, we lived in Bray. Uh, and so Bray Wanderers was our team then. And because uh, we only lived around the corner uh, from that ground. And uh, so, um, yeah, following a team has been sort of important. The, my sons were man, you guys, but that's that's the way sort of thing. You can't have it everything the way you bring up your children. You know? No, but at least you're sensible and you're a Legion United supporter. So, I mean, I, I'm a Legion United man. Yes, yes. I, I'm, ju I'm just I glad that we have a, a fellow lead supporter on this week, Johnny, because normally it's I'm outnumbered by Man United supporters. So, we're ganging up on you this week, Johnny. <laughs> Yeah, you've been you've been you've been a wee bit more chirpy in the last few weeks. Dave. Obviously, leads are leads are getting a few few better results. So, uh, we're, we're yeah, more yeah. Obviously. Well, I I go back to nineteen sixty five in the FA Cup final nineteen sixty five. So that's when I picked them up. So you, yeah, you go back yeah, for seventy two would have been my introduction time. So oh yeah, well that's yeah that was the centenary cup final yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that, yeah. those were good days and we'll talk um, about seventy two but not seventy three anyway. No, we don't. We, we passed over seventy three. We don't. We don't like to talk <laughs> about that. But um, I mean, it, it's obvious then that football and sport. Robert has played a, a key role in, in your own life, um, apart from the, the, your, your church activities, sport and football has played a big role. And you mentioned about Bray and about Korean and, and a local club. Uh, I mean, how important are local football clubs to local communities? Yeah, I, I grew up in a, a little village outside Dungannon called the Moy. Uh, 
we had a local team that played in the um, the Greystone and District Summer League. Um, one of our great rivals was Loch Gaul in those days. They were basically a village team. Uh, Dungan Swiss were B division uh, as well. So we we didn't really have, you had to go to Portadown to, to watch big games. Um, and I remember going and seeing a pre-season game when Stoke were playing and Gordon Banks was in goals. Um, but th those guys, the local guys in that local game and that summer league, like we had some great nights with some great characters. Um, you know, none of them really went on to make it big time. But, you know, just being part of a football fraternity um, was fantastic. And, and the village was very much part of that, you know, that the team, everybody supported the team. It was cross-community. Well, it was the days before the troubles anyway, but um, it was a fantastic way of of being in a, in a cross-community event sort of thing, you know. So we, we just that sort of carried on. I went to I went to school in Dungan and Royal, but it was a rugby school. So you had that dilemma that you, you, you had to play your football at a social level. So maybe three boys brigade or whatever. But uh, it's always been there. It's always been there in my life. And you talk about Moy, the village, and, and a, a, like a community team. And then did you see echoes of that then when you came to Korean and when you started going to watch Korean, did you get the sense as well that it was um, a community club and a, and a cross-community club for, for, for that sake as well? And it, it did bring everybody together in one common purpose. Yeah, yeah, uh, certainly, and I, I, I think of there's there's one of the one of the uh, catchphrases that they have around Leeds, one city, one team, um, and that's very much what Corinne was, one town, one team, and uh, and the sort of little satellite communities around that come in and out of Corinne. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, we grew up as I say just from outside Dungannon, but most of the things happened in Dungannon and Corain is not unlike it. You know, it's a provincial town. There's a community there and a strong allegiance to it. So um, in many ways, yes, the, the, the football club was just an extension extension of that, the same as, as, as other things. But because I suppose it was playing senior football, there was a higher profile than maybe some of the, the junior teams like you know, the village teams. Uh, I mean, Johnny, that, that's what Robert's saying. We've touched on it on this podcast on a few occasions about how the club can attract people from, like Robert referred to, the outlying areas, like your Akudui's and your Kirays and your Garvas. And I mean, that's the beauty of a club, isn't it? Like a one-time, one one-club where it does attract everybody and it's like, um, it's like a focal point for everybody, isn't it? Corian's like very, very lucky in where they're positioned on the map. And I say this all the time, we're, you know, we're the, the hub really of the North Coast. And we've no other top tier team, you know, within, you know, 30 miles, you know, Balamina is probably the nearest team. And, and yeah, we have to make advantage of that. Obviously, Garba, Agadoui, Bushmills, Ballycastle, even, you know, as far as Cushion Dun, Cushion Doll, and everywhere else, Lama Valley and stuff, and just try and get as many people as we can. And, and yeah, you go to matches now and you hear the different accents, the Balamina accent, and then you hear a Lama Valley accent. And, 
on a Bushmills one and then on a Balamoney one and, and try to understand everything. It's like a different dialect, you're in a different part of the world. Sometimes when you won't watch Korean, but that's what it's all about. And obviously, if the results are going well on the pitch and, and everyone else, then that helps. And you know, you have a Balamoney supporters club, you have a Garwood Foray supporters club, you know, you have different supporters clubs in different towns. And, and yeah, and, and long may that continue. Obviously, the, the better the crowds, the, the better the atmosphere, and obviously, the better income for, for the club as well. Yeah, and do you think, Johnny, recently that that is even increasing? You know, it does seem to be that the support is drawing in from the likes of a Valley Castle, perhaps maybe more so than it ever did before. And I guess a lot of that's down to the work of the club, the social media work, etc., and also the performances on the pitch. I mean, the team is contesting cup finals and, and, and regularly competing at the top end of the league. And taking all that together, I guess that's why you attract more people. 100%. And I was looking, obviously, I've got Marshall Gillespie's stats up here, obviously, in 2018-19, our average home attendance was 1,522. And this year, it's 2,273. So there's an increase of 800 people. And, mm. and you know, yeah, the club have obviously marketed well and they've went into the different towns. You know, you look at the club mascot, even in the last couple of weeks, it's been, I think, every school on the North Coast. I don't think there's a school that hasn't went to. <laughs> Um, and youth clubs and everyone else but that, you have to do that you have to go out and branch out to different clubs different societies and everyone else and, and show that you know that you're the you know, the, you know you're a Korean and, and you're the voice of the club and, and everyone else and it's great to see people from all across the North Coast come and watch Korean because you know we always say it all the time and, and yet you know sometimes you go and watch Korean and they play terrible you think Chick has never watched them again but most of the time it's pretty good it is what it is and, and obviously now with the better facilities so far hopefully they can only improve and attract more more families further on down the line. Yeah, I mean, Robert, the club now, the 22, 2022 version of the club, um, I mean, do you see a lot of differences from the club that you first became uh, acquainted with back then? I mean, Johnny's talking about the rising attendances um, and the changing face of the, the showgrounds. I mean, there has been a lot of a lot of changes along the ways over your years of involvement, Robert. Yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, I, I seem to sort of remember that the the folk who ran the club were almost anonymous um, in the early days. You didn't know who the directors were. You, you didn't really have any much contact. I I couldn't name. Don't think I could name one of them from those days, but I think when the new board took over and 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 this current board, they're guys in the community and they're rubbing shoulders in the community, and you they're out there and they're having their photographs taken and they're publicising it, and so I see a big um, big change in that uh, and the commitment of the directors, um, which is where. I suppose in many ways it starts with um, certainly uh, um, looking at, at how we treat our, our kids and our, our youth teams and, and all of that. I think that that's always been there. There's always been really good uh, youth coaches and we have brought a certain amount of guys through the club. I just think that again, that has taken another level. It's been another step up just with, with the academy and all of that. Like, I would have loved uh, my youngest boy uh, who, who lives in, in, in San Diego now, he went to Triangle. Um, so that was pre-academy. And I would love to have had him 
be playing in a Korean shirt, and I'm sure he would have loved that as well. Um, so even just that bringing the, the, the folks together and all of that, certainly the facilities uh, were, were a lot better. I remember I had to bring a flask of tea uh, because you couldn't even get a cup of tea. Um, so even the catering facilities, the toilet facilities, you know, we're now being dragged up into the 20th century, maybe the 21st, but uh, certainly those sort of things. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good to see and, and, and long may that improvement uh, continue. What about in terms of your own position, Robert? I mean, for anybody that isn't aware, you know, maybe people know that there is a club chaplain uh, I'm just interested to know what what role that the club chaplain plays and what what do you do or what what are you there for if you know what I mean if you could maybe explain to people just a little bit about some of the things that maybe you do or you have done over the years Robert yeah I think uh, the the simplest uh, answer to that is that the chaplain is just to be a presence about the club um, with no agenda, um, uh, work, working for nobody else. He's not working for the board. He's not working for the manager. He's, he, he's there to be, I suppose, a listening ear or an encouragement or just and, and to players, the board, to, to supporters alike. And I've always, I've always played a, a, low, a low key on that, although it has been it's just been interesting the way that different uh, management teams have have approached it. Um, when I when I came on, um, Marty Quinn was the um, was the manager, uh, and uh, Marty would have had you in the changing room at five to three, walking around, shaking hands with everybody and wishing them well, and he would nearly have dragged you in now. That doesn't happen nowadays, and and I actually had to stop that because I kind of felt this is not what's meant to be now. Whether whether uh, Marty thought that I was in a handshake, I was passing something else on to the players. Um, I'm not quite sure, but that 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 was just that was just uh, that was just Marty, and 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 you know we're still in contact uh, down the years, and and. Um, uh, I, I find that I, I can remember one night uh, when the when the the team were training down in Rugby Avenue on the old weather, and it's, it's only a five minute walk from from my house, so I, I wasn't doing anything that evening. I thought I would walk down to see training, and uh, there was a player who had um, just joined the club, and it was out training, and Marty was standing on the sideline. And he, he whistled and he said to the player, come over here, come over here, come over here. He introduced me to the player and he says, uh, Rev, he says, this is, and this is, this is the Rev. Now, if you have any problems, you go and talk to this man. This is the man you've got to talk to. Now, away you go. And that was it. A quick shake on the way you go. But he stopped training for me. And I got really embarrassed. I thought, oh, this is not what this meant to do. But that, that was, that was Marty. And uh um, I love them for just being natural around around the place, you know. But um, so it's a presence. Um, uh, I've tried to sort of, uh, I've tried to keep in touch with some players who are injured. The problem is, 
you, you can only do it if you know what's happening. Um, so, but some some friendships have have um, been born out of adversity. I remember this one Saturday, uh, towards the end of the season, actually, uh, we were playing Dungan and Tommy McCallion went down and uh, uh, injured him his, his leg, or twisted his knee or something quite badly, and they felt that he needed to go for an X-ray, uh, but they, they wanted him to go in Korean. So um, I bunged uh, Tommy in the back of the car and he threw his leg up through the middle seat and uh, elevated it until the whole way till we got back to Korean. But you see that journey back to Korean, a friendship was forged. Uh, and it was just, and, and those are little things. I could tell other, other stories of other players, but I'll, I'll not mention names, but out of little things, something happened in their family. And just to think that somebody cared for them, because maybe they don't go to church. Maybe they don't have that pastoral side. And I think a club needs that. It just needs that different side of it, that somebody cares and they just care because they care, not because they want you to play well or they want you to whatever. It's because they just care for you as a, as a person. And I think that is the strength of chaplaincy. Yeah, not to get the person back to church or not, or not not to pray not to pray for a win on a Saturday. No, yeah, or to pray, yeah, yeah. This is the great one walking up town on a sun on a Saturday morning. My wife refused to go into Korean on a Saturday morning because she said it was bad enough being stopped by um, people in the church, but then being stopped by people saying, "Well, your Evans, I hope you're praying for a good win today," sort of thing, you know. So. Those Saturday morning walks from Kingsgate Street down to the town hall it used to take ages. My wife just gave up on me and just went off somewhere, you know. But uh, yeah, right. but I must admit now, the old time I've been sitting there offering a silent one myself, sort of thing. <laughs> I think I think we've all been there. I mean, Johnny, we've, we've, we've all been in a situation where we've been a gay. I mean, I would be sitting doing it quite often, having a wee prayer, and I guess. Having watched Korean for as long as you have, I'm sure you must have said a few prayers in your time. 100%. You're sitting there, I mean, like, just <laughs> let us win today, and I don't care what happens and stuff. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, just in the, just in the Chapman's Day point of view, it's, you know, it's it shows you that it's, it's, it's more, you know, it's, it's real life and, you know, offering support to AD players and staff, whoever it may be, not just to necessarily, it's not all that happens on the pitch, it's everyone off the pitch as well. And, and yeah, look, it's, you know, as a volunteer and everyone else, it's, you know, it's a, it's a massive commitment as well, and, and fair play for 16 years at some some innings as well. And I suppose you know you don't know what's going through somebody's life. You know whether it be gambling, whether it be alcohol, well you know drugs, whatever it may be. You just don't know what goes through people's lives, and and they have somebody there. You know, sort of not in the outskirts of the team, but you know, but, you know somebody just at the club with a different voice and a different set of years is obviously very 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 important to have. Yeah, I mean that's an important point that Johnny brings up. Uh, Robert, you know, because it seems increasingly that, you know, the, the society now that which we live in, that there are, well, it appears that there are increasing problems with the likes of gambling or other perhaps addictions as well. And I guess that underlines again, Robert, just the importance of having somebody there, like Johnny says, just if somebody needs or wants to talk to somebody, that there's somebody like you that's there and available, accessible. Yeah, I think this whole well-being thing is very much to the fore now. You know, uh, 
back in those 16 or 17 years ago, people would have looked at you as if to say, you know, what, what's the, you know, you have a problem. Um, and I think that that certainly uh, um, IFA and all have a, a bit training courses. I know that um, the, the managers and senior staff and all are being briefed on that because many ways they're the people who see that firsthand. They know if somebody's not, you know, playing well or turning up late or you know, whatever. And uh, but I think that that yeah, there's 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 that's an increasing thing. So you know the, the football the football community are not immune from that at all um it's just having people feel that they can come to you and and and, uh, and share that but and in some ways i find that i haven't i haven't had that experience but um i know that some of my colleagues in, in other clubs yes you know um so yeah it's it's it is an increasing thing and a, and a worrying thing for for particularly for with young guys, young guys. It is. I mean, unfortunately, we all read and hear stories and know stories, and it is it is it's like a growing problem, Robert. Or I mean, do you see that in society across society? It's not just confined to football or to sport or anything. It's just society's changed over you said that last 16 odd years and it's it's a different world we live in now isn't it absolutely and and even thinking back you know how my my the society that and the times that my children uh, grew up and now looking at you know the the, the young ones coming through now it is it has been radically transformed um like back when my children were growing up you got a phone to ring home that's it you know now you know social media and all of that but yeah I, th I think with with all these things around and, and at our fingertips hopelessness is is a big big thing that that people look around and they want they say well you know what hope is there for me to get a job to you know um the pressures of life of you know even getting to big school and then out of big school and the university or out of school and then to get a job and and is it how long is that job going to last for and I just think that that the message that the world presents is one of hopelessness to so many young people and that nobody cares nobody cares and I think that that's that's wrong uh, and um, I suppose as as a Christian minister you know, I, I, I believe that our hope is found in God and in our, in our relationship with God. And um, so, you know, there, there is hope. Um, and um, I suppose this, this week of all weeks emphasizes that. Yeah. And I suppose what you're saying, Johnny, as well, what Robert's saying, and it's particularly, I suppose, important that Robert mentioned, particularly young people and, I think also Robert mentioned earlier the academy, but and you look at not the successes per se of, of the young players at the club, but there's a structure there and there is something for them there. And what the club is doing, it's obviously working. The under 18s, I think this week, have just won their league. Mm. I think the under 16s are in the National Cup final later, or sorry, in May. We've had a couple of young players breaking into the first team. I mean, Johnny, that 
is important for young people to have something there, isn't it? And to give them that hope that Robert talks about. Of course, and, and we had uh, Martin Smith on the on the on the podcast about maybe about six seven months ago, and and he says that you know the players at the youth level, you know they're they're given a the chance to obviously live their life, but they also have to realise they're representing Corey in as well, and and they're given that you know they're, they're going to be young boys, or they're they're going to get up, the, you know they're going to do a few naughty things, but at the same time, you know they realise that they're representing Corey in, and and they have to you know be mature and everything else, and and look yeah full full credit to Marty and all the staff and everyone. For the results this year for the eight teams won in the league, that's that's no mean feat. I think they've won 19 and drawn three and only lost three league games all season. So to do that at any level is an unbelievable achievement. The 16s, mm-hmm. I think, are a cup final as well. And, and not only that continue, obviously, you know, we, we speak all the time about finances and trying to sign the best players and compete with full-time teams. But if we can start producing our own, like we have done now with Patrick Kelly and Lewis Torshin and Kurt McLaughlin. Who scored four there in a friendly last night as well? So been that. <laughs> he, that, that that young lad never misses in front of goals. So mm. no, we, we need to we need to produce our own. It's as simple as that there. And, and you know if we can produce one or two every now and you know every couple of seasons or, or bring a few through, it's going to obviously help Orn and, and help the pennies and, and everyone else. And also, and also shoot, but it's very easy. You know they, it's, it's very very easy to miss the point is that like Patrick Kelly coming into the first team should inspire absolutely every single person in the 16s or the 18s and 20s to, to, to do the same. And, and the more we can, you know, Lyndon's age group done it um, as well. So it's now time they, they start maybe like, a, not a generation thing, but a new wave of, of young players going through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Robert, you're a supporter as well as a chaplain. And as supporters, we all love to see young local guys that would probably know, maybe not know, but we maybe know their parents. And it, it is an extra sense of excitement when young players come through isn't it oh absolutely absolutely that that young generation that, that came through with Lyndon Lyndon came like I remember him sitting in a school assembly uh, you know so when you see these guys coming through and basically becoming young young men and I, I Lyndon to me is you know I, he just excels you know and he, he's everything that a Korean player should be you know he's 100 percent he's he's dedicated to 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 Korean long may it last sort of thing you know and it, it, yeah young young guys should should aspire to that and, and and also too you know he holds down a job and he comes and he plays and he gives everything and he has you know come back from bad injuries a couple of times and really you know, it's been it's been great, and I think the, the academy seeing that you would hope that those guys, some younger teens, will come through, and and it, it's been good that that Orn is giving one or two guys experience now because that that's how else do you get it but but out playing. Um, so yeah, yeah, it would be great if some of those guys came through. The the problem is it's balancing that with. You know, success and uh, you know, but then you never win anything with kids, do you? You know, so, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's we've talked about it before. It, there's echoes there of that time when Lyndon and Brad and Jimmy McGonagall came through and were given their head. Those end of season games allowed the management the opportunity of, of, of dropping them into and the games that we have coming up with the greatest of respect. You know, they're tough games. But again, 
top six place secured. We're waiting really for the playoffs. There is opportunities for some of the younger guys like Kirk has come in. There's maybe one or two others there. Robert, get a, a bit of a run out. And, and who knows what they can do between now and the end of the season? Well, absolutely. Like the, 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 the ball's been put in their court now to, to, to go and prove to the to to Oren and the staff that that they can can they they can step up like he just saw the way Patrick Kelly did it like he just came alive you know when he got that start you know getting the confidence to start out um, certainly when I were I was sitting in the Jack Doherty stand the, the boys around me were were just you know salivating at at, at some of the things that that uh, the potential that there is now, how long he'd be a bandsider is another thing but. You know, um, um, and, and you hope that there's more. You hope the, there's more the guy, in the locker. The, yeah, the guys that you're talking about that are sitting watching the likes of Patrick. I mean, they have seen a lot of players coming and go. I would say they're they're a they're a oh, top crowd to impress there. Few players and a few donkeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've seen them all coming, <laughs> coming and going. But seen them all, seen them all, and seen them all back in the plains the long. <laughs> the likes, the likes of a Patrick Kelly at the start of his career, and a few of the others we've mentioned. But I have to say, you're on the program today. Thank you for coming on again. Um, but you're, it has to be said, you're coming to the end of your career at Korean and, and as a minister you're you, I think retirement plans Robert am I right in thinking yeah yeah um, I, I, take, I, I have a significant birthday on Monday and um, we, we finish at the end of the month and we'll have been here 23 years exactly to the very day I was uh, I was um, Installed in, in New Row on the twenty on the thirtieth of April, nineteen ninety nine, and I stepped down on the thirtieth of April, twenty twenty two. So that's you've 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 done your time, and also with that, you'd be standing down as club chaplain as well, I presume. Yeah, yeah, the the, the two are not linked, obviously, but <laughs> we we just sort of felt that this was the time to go. Um, this season, with with one commitment or, or and another. I haven't been able to get to any away games, um, and I, I do. I've had a lot of commitments on a on a on a Saturday, which just has not allowed me to get to games. And I thought this it's it's not it's not fair, and uh, I'm I, I'm I'm not able to give to the club what I think chaplaincy deserves. So uh, I felt that that after this season, um, I'd let. let allow the board to appoint somebody who maybe could take it another level sort of thing, you know. And the whole work, you know, I think chaplaincy, chaplaincy was always seen in the old days that it was with the senior team and that was what it was. But it's much bigger now because there's there's a, a number of academy chaplains and I think they were probably open for that now that there is a whole area there um, that, that, whole, that that work could, could possibly develop. But I've I've one or two little uh, projects that uh, I have in mind. So um, I I haven't gone away. I don't know who famously said that, but uh, I, I may pop up in a different um, a different form um, in the not too distant future. But that that's still a a project I'm thinking through. But. I mean, Johnny, you said there 16 years. I mean, it's, um, Robert's done great service to the club and it's, it's, it's one of those jobs and one of those roles perhaps that people 
overlook. And but certainly from your point of view and a player's management over those years, certainly wouldn't be overlooked or underestimated the input that Roberts had. Hundred percent, Ian. And you know, at the end of the day, um, Roberts have volunteer and a different sort of role to you know the media team or you know the club shop. It's a different. It's a very specific type of role, and, and to do it for sixteen years is, is no mean feat. And, and yeah, I tip my cap off to anyone who can do it, obviously, for, for that long. And I remember going to Irish Society, primary school, and Robert used to come in and do the old um, Lord's Assembly. In the oh, morning. no, no, don't tell me that. Yeah, uh, the Lord's Assembly <laughs> in the morning. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, they, they do it for 16 years, obviously, with Corey Ian, it's been unbelievable. And, and I, I don't know if Robert's going to have a say in, 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 in a replacement when they got there, but I think as a club, Asked him, um, I, I think you know it'd be a good, it'd be a nice touch as well, and, and I, I think you know, be no better man to obviously um, bring forward you know the, the next man, so to speak, if you know what I mean. And, and yeah, it's the change of the guard and stuff they got there, but time waits for nobody. That's that, that's the same. So um, yeah, it's been an unbelievable 16, 16 years. Some stint, um, some changes. I'm sure obviously, obviously two thousand six would have not been too long after. The financial difficulties and then obviously nearly won the league and won in the cups mm-hmm. in Europe and everyone else. So yeah, um yeah, I wish I, I wish Robert well and uh, his retirement. Yeah, I gotta ask you, Robert, Johnny flicked through briefly there. Um what about highs, highs, lows over your 16 years? Um well I think I think one of one of the lows uh, and I referred to it earlier on, was going to an Irish, the Irish Cup semi-final in 2003. I think it was at Ballymena, and I think it was against Donegal Celtic, but I'm not completely sure if that was right. Sitting right. down and stand, opening, opening the programme and realising that the Irish Cup final was on the first uh, Saturday in May, and I had a wedding. Um... And I've never had a wedding, I think, on the first Saturday of May since. But of course, that would be the one that, that they won. Uh, of course, they got back the following year, but that was that wasn't that was useless to me. Um, no wins that so day. That, oh. Yeah, that was that was a high and a low, I suppose, wrapped up uh, wrapped up in one. Um, obviously, um, uh, two thousand eighteen. Uh, that afternoon, it was 2018, wasn't it? Yeah, we got, we Irish beat, Cup. We beat, beat in seven, so we, we sort of reversed it the other way around. Lost in 17, won in 18. Um, that was uh, uh, unbelievable. I can still, um, still the hairs are in the back of my neck uh, when Skinner went through for that that third one, and uh, um, so that was that was a real high um, as well um, for that. <laughs> I suppose um, opportunities, opportunities to meet people, um, not not so much a high, but I think a privilege um, that that you're given to do things. So things like the the armistice service um, in November, um, uh, I find that a, a huge honour just just to be able to do that. Um, uh, you know, giving the tribute to to Victor Hunter at his funeral, uh, that was an incredible privilege. Just to to be speaking on behalf of the club, you know, who am I, sort of thing. You know, 
Um, uh, another high was one evening I turned up at the club and somebody said, um, Alan isn't here tonight. Uh, we need somebody to announce the teams. You speak into a microphone every Sunday. You'll do it. Um, so for a few years, I think I was um, Alan Simpson's understudy, which is quite quite something. Um, That's quite a claim to fame. Yeah, but I remember I remember one night Stephen Carson going down the wing and scoring. I'm not quite sure if it was against Lindfield or not. I think maybe we were down, and he came back, and I was sort of nearly commentating on the mic. The mic was on, and I got a little bit overly excited. Um, for for the way I announced the the, the goal to Stephen Carson, but um, I was chastised uh, one one day for announcing uh, that Barnsley had beaten Liverpool in the FA Cup, uh, <laughs> which I laughed afterwards. So there were a few Liverpool supporters came after me, and uh, wouldn't be Davy uh, Boyle be any chance? No, 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 no. It was no, it wasn't. No, it was a few boys down the railway end that were complaining. But anyway. Uh, no, no, Davey would never fall out with me. Um, no. In fact, that, you know, it's, it's a highlight every week sitting um, beside Davey Boyle at the game. Um, so uh, that that's a real treat. Davey always keeps my seat so I can float in at five to three and know I've got a seat because Davey's kept it. If I've been busy at something, you know. Um, yeah, I think Lowe's, um, I, I, you know, I think just... Um, Seeing some some young players struggle, uh, um, I remember talking to a player many years ago who just had completely lost his way, um, and sitting with him and realizing that you know there was more than just football was a problem. But you know, uh, again, it was a privilege more than highs and lows just to be able to do those things. You know. Um, so yeah, there's been there's been umpteen people have met the opportunities, you know, to to, to get into places and uh, that um, I wouldn't have otherwise, you know. And um, and one of the other privileges was to was to um, have a friendship with John Boyers, who was uh, the Manchester United chaplain and really was a mentor to many of us young guys starting out in chaplaincy and that, that friendship continues and I had the privilege of going to Carrington. Uh, John showed me around in the close season one year when I was doing a sabbatical on, on sports chaplaincy and uh, I got to, to see around Carrington and meet Sir Alex's um, secretary and, uh, and see a few of the senior staff. So that, that was kind of nice. But John John was a great mentor and a great, a great help. And, uh, um, and then bringing the tea for the BBC boys when you used to be able to slip in. You know, Liam Beckett was always looking for his cup of tea and a biscuit. Uh, so it was, it was, he's been a great character, a great, great connection. I've met Liam through the football and, and uh, so, yeah, there's lots, lot, lot, lots of lovely memories. Lots of lovely Yeah, memories. I, I was just going to say, just listening there to you, Robert, it just sounds like you've got a lot of lovely, good memories just to take away from your time. And I mean, any favourite player over that period of time as well, or would it be unfair to to ask you that? Well, there's only one Stephen Carson, isn't there? <laughs> I had there's a feeling only... you were going to say that. Uh, just something else, something else. I, 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 not just as a player, 
but as a person. I, I think he he epitomised what Coleraine was about, and uh, um, yeah, I was just I was just so privileged to 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 meet him. Tommy McCallion, I just thought was a real a real leader. Um, just that we hard man in the middle of of uh, of the team as well. Um, I have to say, hard Beverland. Um, I thought hard was a great encouragement to me um, as well, and we've, we've sort of shared a number of meetings together and all as well. But I thought he was, you know, at his peak when he was with us. I thought we got the best out of him, um, and uh, so you know, to, to rise to, to to club captain so early. Uh, w w was w was great was great as well so yeah I think those are you know out of outside the current crop of 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 of, of young guys and um, you know I, I like I like all the all, all, you know the, the current team uh, I there's one or two that I have a little soft spot for and and, and, and and they know who they are because I maybe communicate a little bit more with them than um, with a few of the others, but um, uh, yeah, yeah, it was. There, there's, there's been a lot of, as I say, a lot of very good players, and a few that probably would have been better um, not donning the. But then that's every team, isn't it? That, that, that <laughs> so, is. I mean, that's every. It's all about a personal choice. It's all a matter, all, all a matter of personal choice, sort of thing, as well. Yes. But I think I think that cup winning team of 2018, uh, you know, and the guys. In, in 2003, I still see some of them around, Jody and Stuart McLennan and and uh, those guys. Uh, you know, um, it's lovely to see Paddy McLaughlin doing well too. You know, and guys who go off and you know, um, so um, yeah, yeah. Plenty of plenty of good memories. And, and Johnny, I mean, there was a few names in there, like Stephen Carson. I think he would be one of your favourites, probably too, wouldn't he, from your younger days. Yeah, consistently for a long period of time, the, the best player I've seen at Korean. Um, if you look at the players, even you know the greatest respect, it probably wasn't the greatest Korean team he ever played with, but he was a he was a shining light. And even at the age of ten or eleven, and the real end, and Stephen Carson had the ball left hand side, you, you just knew something was going to happen. And how many times did he cut on his right foot and back yeah. in the top yeah. corner? He was honestly the biggest compliment I could I could give Carson is he, he probably should have left Korean to win more. Uh, but he was very loyal to us and nearly too loyal and, and nobody could begrudge him with an Irish Cup with Lindor and that, that year obviously I wish it was with Corian and everyone else but he played out of his skin for the Glens the two years he was there and he played injured as well I mean Tom has sat in the podcast and, and yeah what a player won the international cap played for Rangers obviously Dundee United at Hartlepool and everyone so yeah what, what a player and a really really good lad as well and mm -hmm. he's doing really well you would love to have seen him playing the current team yeah uh -huh. Yeah, would love, just so, love to see them, you know. There's not, we, there's not very many wingers like them in the league now, where you know, no, he goes no. the byline and, and cuts it in. And, and yeah, what, what a player he was, too. And, and the year of him, Patterson and Boise, and you know, Keenan, everyone just they just all clicked. And, and yeah, really, yeah. but the most of it, he's a really, really good guy as well. Yeah, you've just, you've just reminded me of another one. Uh, I suppose two, two games in particular, both away games, I remember. Um, one of them was because you just mentioned Rory there. One of them was that six nil win at the Oval, mm -hmm. where Patterson scored four. It was just unbelievable. And I was sitting beside the BBC camera 
uh, at the game. Um, and um, you could hear my voice in the highlights and, <laughs> and see my left hand going up scoring one of the goals. But the other one I remember was the, the Portadown one when we were 3 0 down mm-hmm. in Shamrock Park. And um, we, we scored a goal, and I was sitting beside uh, Hunter. And Hunter says, right, if we score a goal every 12 minutes here, on average, we can win this game. <laughs> and I still have a Portadown, one of my best friends, who was former chaplain in, in uh, Portadown and still friends with me, um, says that's probably the most, the, 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 the hardest game to take that he ever saw at Shamrock Park was coming back. But that was a brilliant game. It just, it was unbelievable i think was it whitehead scored the final goal or something that's that's going back yeah damien whitehead yeah. wasn't it i think it was damien whitehead scored the winner you know that's, but, a, yeah. that's a blast from the past there yeah i'll have to get hunter to sh- tell me exactly what the date was but he probably hunter will get, give you every detail on it that, that you want mm-hmm. but um listen it's great to hear because you've got all those great memories and one memory leads into another I think as, as we know mm, from, from mm, chatting here mm. um, the fact you're going to be retiring shortly Robert will that give you more time just to go as a fan to games well I'd hope so I might need to talk to my wife a bit more um, but uh, <laughs> yeah I'm, 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 I'm kind of hoping we're, we're, we're moving to Port Rush and you know, I'd be quite interested in 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 taking uh, an additional interest in in Portrush Club. Um, we only just live around the corner from it, and almost going back to my roots, sort of thing. I'm a junior club in a community. Now I know absolutely nothing about the club, um, and so I'm 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 looking forward to discovering a wee bit about that. But yeah. Um, maybe, maybe. I, I have a, a son-in-law, my daughter uh, uh, and a son and uh, a son-in-law live in Newcastle upon Tyne and uh, he, he's a, a, a Geordie and, uh, and uh, likes going to watch United, the, the real United as he calls it. Um, and they live, you just walk around the corner from their house and St James's Park is rising in the distance. So I'm, I'm hoping to go and watch the tune a wee bit when, <clears throat> over there, you know, if they're still in the Premiership, which they I'd, probably would be. Maybe get over to Ellen Road as well. I mean, just, you mentioned the Premiership. I mean, uh, what do you think the chances are? Are we are we relatively safe? Or are we a bit to go yet, Robert? Um, I think we're probably another win away. Uh, United, or uh, um, United, or, or should I say, Manchester United didn't do us any favours last weekend by losing to Everton. Like, what were they playing on? Um, so uh, I think we're probably still one one win away, yeah. but I think definitely uh, Jesse Marsh has really uh, tightened them up there now, and uh, you can see that. But uh, you know that, that's Leeds, isn't it? That, that's yeah. Leeds are Leeds are always Leeds, and just that's, when you think you're, you've got a hold of them, then they go and do something else, sort of thing, you know. But um, never, it's never, it's never straightforward. Um, no, but I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm look forward maybe next year to go down road, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Getting a ticket. That uh, was hard as well. Listen, we'll, we'll, we'll just finish here. We'll just look ahead. As we mentioned at the start of the programme, it's Easter uh, Easter week. And with that, 
there's a couple of games we play Saturday and then we also play on Tuesday. I mean, Johnny, home to Crusaders this weekend. Um, two teams couldn't be probably in more different form. Korean lost heavily at Larne uh, at the same time as Crusaders were providing one of the upsets of the, the season going to the Oval and winning 4-0. Probably one of the toughest teams you could play at the minute. Obviously, the the boys are now fighting for cup final shirts and everyone else, and they'll probably try to reel in Glentoran as well. They they finished third, so that's going to be a tough match for Korean. And it's all very well and good looking forward to the playoff, but we need to try and get some sort of momentum going or even a win somewhere. I haven't seen Korean win a game since February. I, I couldn't go to the match against more point because of COVID. So, um, yeah, I was telling everyone that I haven't seen Korea win since February, and they look at me as if they somebody say, like, I, I don't care, you know, that's your problem. So, uh, hopefully, my uh, my winless run can come to an end soon. Um, in terms of the Clippenball match, I would love to beat them. Uh, they've obviously had our, you know, they, they beat us in the League Cup final, beat us in the Irish Cup, and as well. So, I mean, we, we owe them one. So, if we can uh, if we can beat them, that, that would be that would be great as well. I think, I think we're due one. So, um, yeah, look, we just need some momentum from somewhere and hopefully somebody can get a few goals and, and everyone else and just turn the tide a wee bit. They, they give us some, they give us some to look forward to heading in the yeah. playoff. Yeah, I mean, Robert, it doesn't get easier. We have Crusaders, Cliftonville, Glentorn and Linfield in the final four games. I mean, it's do we have a prayer at all? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, we're, we're just, we've, been, we've been so unpredictable all season sort of thing, you know. And, uh, you know, we, we've played out of our skin some games and not, not even got a result. Uh, and I think that's... that's um, part of the problem but I think this you know this, our season is around two games now and it's not the next three um, I think it's what happens in May and uh, you know I think that resting players uh, will benefit that blooding players will benefit us next season so I think of that that is the um, you know the thing to be looking out for you know it, it, it is it's a case of looking at the bigger picture Robert isn't it as opposed to the short term, you've got to look at the, t- the playoff games and also one eye on next season, Johnny. And I think Robert's right in what he's saying there. Of course, um, you know, obviously, look, we, we want to qualify for Europe and everyone else, but with probably not too much they to play for, you might as well see and, and throw a few boys in and see what they can do. And Kurt McLaughlin scored twice as well. Lewis Tosh has had a few assists um, as well. And a couple of the other young lads have, have been called up and you know, you're going to have to see what they're like at some point. So, you know, top six teams are the best teams, six best six teams in the, in the country for that season. So you're not going to get any any, any, any tougher than that. So see, see what they're made of. And, you know, to be honest with you, and I don't want to put pressure on them, and I've mentioned this a few times, but Kirby Logan really excites me as a, as a supporter. I, I just think he just knows the net is. He, he's very, very raw, but if he can support him, if he put the ball in the back of the net, that's, that's half the battle. So... Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what, what he can do. Obviously, he's still in America and everyone else. But yeah, it's another string there, there but Owen. I never realised he's from Durham. Um, I only found out the other day. Uh, and I hadn't a clue, so he's a local lad as well. I think he's at Dalriada or about the Dalriada. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's one to be, to, be, to be excited for. And here's hoping I haven't put the, put the blank on him or too much pressure on him. But, uh, I hope you haven't either. Definitely one to be excited about. Yeah, well, listen, as, it, as we mentioned ourselves, it's not these next couple of games. Yes, while it would be nice to get uh, some results, probably what's more important is getting some level of performance with an idea or with a view to the last couple of games in the season. And 
when the playoffs are, we don't know. Hopefully it won't be in May the 14th, Jonathan. That's all I'm worried about. Yeah, that's I can I can see the playoff final being that that day to be honest. Um I know it's crazy. The um it's just obviously if Balmain win there's cup there's sixth against seventh and then there's there's three playoff games. Um so I can't see the final being the fourteenth, but if there's two playoff games, they'll probably play the first semi-final, the two semi-finals on the Tuesday and then the final on the on the Saturday. So when we slip uh Neil Coleman a few a few a few notes they, yeah. they play if we get to the final and play it on the Friday. Yes, Robert, you may not be, or you may or you may not be aware, May the 14th, Johnny's got his very own match of the day. He's getting married on May the 14th, which is why we're talking about the playoff. I mean, as a man of the cloth, uh, looking ahead, you're experienced in weddings. Have you any advice for Johnny and his fiancée, Laura? Well, I hope the block book Saturday afternoons off. Um, that she'd probably benefit from that because she'll get a break from you for a couple of hours anyway. You know, I, and, uh, when when I when I had a bride and groom come to me um, after learning the experience of two thousand and three, I, I I would say to them, um, "You're getting married on a Saturday. What 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 time on the Saturday?" And uh, I wouldn't allow any wedding after. Um, at one o'clock on a, on a Saturday. Um, uh, and, and frequently I would be going to the game uh, for the first half and then go off the, to the reception afterwards. Brilliant. So um, it was, you have to get a sense of priorities uh, in, in all of these things. But no, I wish you well. Cheers. It's, uh, it's, uh, it'll be a great day. And the irony of it is if it's that day and you're getting married and Corinne win the, uh, the playoffs, you know, you'll remember it. Yes, yeah, so it's a double double celebration. That is just 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 make the glue to the, the phone the all time. But uh, no, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. And, and obviously, Laura Laura doesn't like football too much, so it sort of suits us well. She doesn't chat to me about it. Corey get beat. She knows not to ask me about it for a couple of hours, and then and then I, and then I, and then I, and then I finally chat there. You know, so yeah. Yes. Um, doc, just one of the things. Um, if it's May 14, it's May 14. There's there's, there's nothing. There's nothing you can do about it. Is right. Is right. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the day. Um, I just think one 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 of the one of the things that that I enjoyed uh, the most uh, I was asked to do was to write an article for the um, program every every Saturday. Uh, I find that a huge a huge um, challenge and but a real privilege as well. I think I, I called it the way I see it or something. But it allowed me just to sort of comment on a few things, and then obviously give a, a spiritual slant to it. Sort of, and uh, I know that that people would have come up to me and said just how much uh, they appreciated that. But I, I think possibly I, I might have been the only chaplain in the league who had been who was given that that uh, privilege. Brilliant. And I think said something about how how the board viewed my chaplaincy that they were allowed to allow me to have free reign um, over it um, and the other thing was I ran I, I, I made up the sports quiz on the program for years uh, because when, when we went in the early days my sons really enjoyed it and then it didn't happen one week and I, I complained and they said well if you wanted you do it and I, I don't know how many years I did it for that's, it. How, that's how it works isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah but at least I knew the answers <laughs> So all, the, so all them people that were given off that they couldn't get the answers, they, they know who to blame now. They know who to blame now. <laughs> but uh, listen, you know, it just shows you, and 
I think we all need a little bit of spirituality in our in our lives. Well, it's nice for it to be there. You can access it if you wish or you don't if you don't want to, but at least the option is there. And as you say, the board at the club and, and the club as a whole offered you that opportunity, Robert. And for that, I'm sure everybody is very, very thankful. And you know, just looking ahead, I'd just like to take this opportunity just to thank you because you've always been very accommodating anytime that we ever needed anything in the media. Um, and you've always been there. And as you say, you've been there for anybody that needs a bit of guidance or a bit of just even a, a listening ear. So behalf of myself and, and I'm sure Johnny as well, we would like to say thank you and wish you all the very best in, in your retirement and a long and happy retirement, I hope. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but we hope, hope still to be around the showgrounds on a Saturday afternoon from time yeah. to time. Anyway. Yeah. We hope, you can we find hope so. If you can find Davy Boyd in the stand, I'll be sitting beside him. You'll be, you'll not be far away. So, well, here, Robert, thank you very much for your time. I'm sure you've got plenty of things to be doing uh, coming up to Easter. Um, so we will let you go, Johnny. Thank you very much for your time as well. And I guess I see you on Saturday at Crusaders, will we? Yeah, yeah. I suppose, suppose, suppose we better go, David. Uh, it seems ages that I've actually been at the showgrounds. Obviously, we missed the, the Glen Avenue from for nice tag do. So I think the last game at the showgrounds must have been. I can't even remember. I can't remember. I drove past it the other day and I went, wow. <laughs> I, can't even remember last time. I can't even remember last time. I was at the showgrounds. Or no, um, so I have a nice to get back home and, and see the see the bright lights of the showgrounds and everyone else. And I look, we had a good, we had a good crowd at Glenavon. Obviously, we had the fun there and everyone else. And, and here's hoping we get another decent crowd down. And I know Cliff and are giving their fans free transport down to the to the game on Tuesday night. So they'll bring down a, a good number. That's very good. So yeah, yeah look, couple of big games ahead um, and here's hoping we can get a few points. Yes. Well, here, guys, thank you both very much. We will let you go. Um, thank you again to everybody who, who listens to the podcast on a weekly basis. It's much appreciated. Uh, as I say, we've only a couple of the week, couple of weeks really of the season left to go. Uh, so keep in touch, stay tuned, and um, we will hopefully finish the season on a high one way or another. So thank you very much as ever for listening. And come on the bandsiders. <laughs>